Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, some jaunty jawing about the journey Norwich fans have been on to genuinely judge themselves as jealous of the joyful way Burnley play football. Burnley! It's an emergency bod with just me and the punt on it. Let's get after it. John, it's time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just don't see how it's tenable anymore that that Dean Smith remains in his position. I tweeted last night that Stuart Webber, by his own metrics, had come out last season with regards to Daniel Farker, or he'd come out this season about last season's um, Farker sacking. And he'd kind of put it down to the fact that Daniel Farker's style of football wasn't going to meet Norwich City's stated goals, which was to stay in the Premier League. And look, if, if we apply the same logic to that, is Dean Smith's style of football going to meet our stated goals of top two this season or even top six or promotion this season? I don't think there's any real sign that we're going to be a top two side, is there? I don't think there's at the moment right now with the, you know, if seemingly the, the team in free fall, we might be a top six side, but I wouldn't want to put my mortgage on it. You know, it's, it's arguable that we, we could struggle to make the playoffs and look, you know, I've seen some Villa fans online on Twitter saying, oh, look, Dean Smith had his his bad patches with us, but he always kind of brought them through the other side and and made sure that, you know, that, that, that they did then progress as a club. But, I mean, what's he been in charge? 11 months and maybe, I don't know, three or four weeks of those, I felt like we've had a plan or he's got them completely motivated or the club is is you know kind of functioning as a unit and it doesn't feel like we're functioning as a unit yet you know i think i've, I've probably said on pods before that um other clubs look like you know more than the sum of their parts and we just don't and and that is a real worry because i think that's a that is a failure on the head coach and so that is for me why well along with a multitude of other reasons why he he probably needs to go and he you know he needs to go now let's not limp on until the World Cup, which is what four or five games away. Let's do it now. Let's get some fresh impetus in, and let's see the club kick on because we haven't got a bad squad of players. You know, we've got an imbalanced squad of players, but they're not bad players. They are players that are perfectly capable of competing in at this level. And um, right now, for the last eight games, we just haven't been. I don't think it's an imbalanced squad. I think I think the injuries are making it seem more imbalanced than it is. This squad is is easily the best we've had at this level um, in terms of the, the way we've seen most of these players play. And I actually include in that a couple of the disappointing people of the last couple of months. Yeah, you people like people like Nunes. I've seen him tear up the championship. I saw him do it three or four times about two months ago. Where's that guy gone? Um, the, the 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 starkest thing for me last night, and I kind of alluded to it in the intro, is <clears throat> company had some, something like 133 days to, to up up to Tuesday to get. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday, the, the day after the the, the Burnley um, embarrassment. I mean, one nil, un- unbelievably flattered Norwich. Um, the he had 133 days, I think I saw to to get implement his team, his style, and you know, is this Burnley? He was he was effect that 133 days might as well have been a week. Think how far he had to drag that club of knuckle draggers, kicking and screaming from the way they've played football for what more than a decade um, to to effectively last night centre centre backs strolling out and pushing upfield with the ball. You know, everyone wanting to 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 play the ball quickly. Um, you know, wing play that everyone knew who to get the ball to and how to get the ball quickly to that to that lad on the left hand side as quickly as possible. Um, I can imagine whilst he's um, you know uh, everyone's favourite Burnley player at the moment, I can imagine his his indifferent delivery if it doesn't improve. Um, I think that is probably going to be something on the Burnley podcast that gets spoken about. His kind of um, you know he's he's feast and famine in terms of final ball, but my goodness me, he get he gets you off. He he looks like a a slightly more informed version of O'Neill in terms of he gets you off your feet up to the edge of the box, and then sometimes it's great and sometimes it isn't once it comes in. But I mean, this is the thing that that hundred and thirty three days Smith's had you know three hundred and you know twenty three hundred and thirty, and it is uh, you 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 go back to the things he said even recently. I think we can out football anyone in this division. No, we can't. And you you haven't shown that at any point. 
um, other than kind of 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there th- this season. Um, and you've also, I mean, you haven't done it against the, the, the better teams. Um, uh, you said when he first came in that he wants to play uh, fast football and he wants to uh, get forward um, quickly uh, and he wants to play progressive attacking football. Uh, and we're not, we do none of those things. What was brilliant in terms of solidifying in my brain that, that it's it's gone from uh, I, I don't really enjoy this football very much to no, no, we, we, we need to, to make a change here ASAP was just the stark contrast in speed. But I've been complaining all season about, well, and last season, although you don't know how much of it was lack of ability in the Premier League. But I've been complaining all season, including when we were winning and in the top two or three, um, how slowly we move the ball is, I don't even care if it works or not. That part to me has always been irrelevant. I don't like watching it. It is boring. Um, I watched the game last night with my dad and uh, on on the telly we we weren't we weren't there um so we can't claim elite status um and just the the you know the, the two or three i think i actually made a note of it and put it in the, the the chat to you punt it was something like 33 minutes until we strung together five passes or more and actually had a piece of play that looked like we decided to move the ball from one bit of the pitch to another bit of the pitch and it wasn't based upon well there wasn't a burnley player there Whereas as soon as they got the ball for that first half an hour, all they were doing was immediately looking to move the ball quickly. And and I thought Campwell's work rate was immense in the first half last night. He was pressing and he was flailing his arms around, getting cross about the fact that other people weren't pressing in the way that he wanted them to. And I don't think our press was particularly terrible from from the kind of first bit. The, the midfield press was was bad. There was too much of a big gap between the front three and, and then the ones behind. And, you know, as you know, it, you all go, or, or none of you go. It doesn't work if only three of you were doing it or only two of you were doing it. They were just brave, and that, that was the word that the commentators used, that you know, they were just braver in the way they moved the ball to beat the press, and, and they were happy to step up and move with it. And it feels like that's something that Max would do. I mean, I know Ombamadeli isn't available, but he was doing that earlier in the season. It's something that Nunes was doing earlier in the season. What? How have our players gone backwards in confidence and ability? I know we haven't won for a while, but these are players who are not brand new in their careers. They, they've gone through periods where they haven't won before. They know form will come back. I'm not having this just form. These are players who, for some reason, the, 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 the kind of stagnant coaching system that seems to be being applied to us has made a player like Max look far more average than, than we know he's capable of being. He should be hitting his prime. He should still have another two gears to go into in terms of where he is in his career. Yet this has been his weakest season. Why has it been his weakest season? Because he basically is trying to do everything at about four miles an hour. And so therefore, when he look, you know, when he looks up, he hasn't got anywhere to go because he's taken too long in receiving the ball um, and he doesn't do a quick one-two to kind of shoot down the wing. I, it's... Like I say, it is almost irrelevant of the results because we, we've been saying this since August. You know, we play slow, boring, turgid football and not surprisingly, any team decent enough to be in the top eight come the end of the season and you look at the table and look at who we've lost to and who we've drawn with and it basically bears out almost exactly, apart from Cardiff. Effectively, if you're any good in this league, you will beat Norwich because we play slowly enough to just shuffle side to side and control. And he needs to go. Um and it is, uh, I, I tweeted last night that it feels like we are drifting both on and off the pitch. And my biggest concern is that Stuart Webber of two years ago probably sacked Dean Smith even before last night. He's probably sacking Dean Smith. Two years ago, Stuart Webber is sacking Dean Smith in the changing room before he gets on the bus, like he did a la Farker. If this is 2020, that version of Stuart Webber, the, may I dare I say the hungrier version of Stuart Webber does that, the anonymous Stuart Webber, I, I have no confidence that there's going to be the, the the corner graphic that we all want tweeted from the admin anytime soon or even at the World Cup because I just think, who are the clubs going to make that call? Who We don't hear from anything. We don't see from anything. It's, it's what what a mess in such a short period of time. Well, I think it's, it's interesting you say that, um, that you don't think that he will or that he would. I think the key... The way I heard it anyway, the key factor and the way I read it actually in terms of when Daniel Farker sacking occurred is that the nail in the coffin seemed to be when Stuart Webber went to senior professionals at the club 
on the playing staff and said, what do you think? And all of them were in agreement. Yeah, it's probably now. And from, you know, we had Connor Southwell on the pod last week. He's still of the view that the players quite like Dean Smith and the players are playing for Dean Smith and the players are pretty comfortable with the training methods and the schedules. And I th- I've just used the word comfortable there. I don't think I want my players to be comfortable. I quite like the fact that when Daniel Farker came in, he upset quite a few of the players in terms of new schedules and, you know, double, kind of sessions, double sessions yeah. and all the rest of it. You know, And look, we know there was a few players that, that went to the press about that and leaked stuff. But do you know what? Actually, it got a reaction out of that squad. Um, so it worries me that, maybe the players may be in in quite a nice comfort zone and they haven't perhaps got that, as you've said, the hunger. You know, has Stuart Webber got the hunger? Don't know. You know, we don't hear from him, but have the players got the hunger? I think there's a real big question mark over, over this squad at the moment. A lot of them have been there and done it before. Have they got the desire to to go again? Not so sure. See, I, you I, talk don't, about- I don't think there's an issue there. Again, if you point to individual things, look how angry Aaron's is getting. Look, at, you know, at, well, that's at, frustration at, for me. That that's. I, I think he looks really pissed off because, as you've just alluded to, actually, is it a failure of coaching? Is it that he doesn't quite fit in with Dean Smith's system and the way he wants to play? Is it that you know the way in which Dean Smith wants to play doesn't get the best out of Max Aaron's? I don't know, but that he cuts a frustrated figure than, as for me. Pookie, as does Campbell. As does Pookie. And actually, this this bit really worries me. In, is Actually, there was individual moments of brilliance over the last, I don't know, say like 10 games, which got us goals. Um, but they were there, there was pieces of play around that that would mean that we created chances. I think um, Ramsey w- w- was key to that and... Uh, Actually, him playing in the 10 meant that we could link the play a bit better. It's Pookie making things on his own at the moment. We're not, you know, right, was, we, yeah. we created a, a chance for Campbell. But even, you know, when he scored the two goals, he's scored those two goals against Sheffield United because he's, you know, he's run down the goalkeeper and then he's made something out of nothing himself from a, from a lofted high ball from, I think it was Max Aarons. We're not creating chances anymore. And Dean Smith can, can jabber on all he wants about XG and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm certain that in the last two games we'll have lost on on XG. I know we definitely did for Sheffield United, and I'd be astounded if we didn't last night for Burnley. We didn't have a shot but, in the first half, not and, not just and, on target. We didn't have a shot in the first half. It's and pathetic. he's coming out. He's coming out with with all oh, we had the second most shots in the division, and we've had you know kind of top of possession stats or whatever it was. But actually, we don't look like a purposeful, cohesive out, outfit. We don't look like a team who's going to score loads of goals. We don't actually look like a team who defends brilliantly. I think we defend competently, but it doesn't look like we defend brilliantly. So what are we? And I, and I think that's the, the question now. What is, you know, what is Norwich City as, as a team anymore? What is it in terms of, like, and I don't, like, if, if we come back to philosophy, that just reeks of the whole kind of Farker, Weber, built the culture, all, all the rest of it, I, you know. But it, there is a, a fundamental question. What is the philosophy now? What is the plan now? It's not good enough that the club say, all right, we want to be top 26. Or we want to be top 17. But you need to tell us how you're going to achieve that now. And I don't, that's the bit that's missing for me. And this might sound like, I don't know, a person in a, a in a supporter group who's a bit disenfranchised because the club doesn't talk to, to us as much as they used to. But actually that's what made our football club different that's what made our football club better because they did talk to sports groups they did talk to supporters they did tell us what the plan was going to be and it almost feels like I don't know they've kind of gone into their shells in so much it's almost feels like Neil Ashton or whoever it is that's advising the Webbers um, you know kind of Stuart and whoever else um, kind of takes their their lead from from um, Neil Ashton it almost like he's running like the, the Tory um, director of communications the, the tactic is you know ra- rather than actually kind of face any scrutiny they're either hiding in a fridge or they're walking away from the lectern before anyone else can a- ask questions you know that it is a real worry to me that the club are their engagement pieces of work are just talking to us rather than talking with us uh, i think that's there's yeah, not even enough talking to us, John. There's not. Well, but you know, they will argue that oh, they put together a lovely, flashy 
70 page set of um you know kind of accounts and they're doing youtube videos with sam jeffrey and then there's i think there's one in the pipeline with anthony richens but they can cherry pick those questions you know they control the narrative and we talked about narrative in the last pod but you know they are controlling that narrative right now and that says to me that it is a club that is scared of its own tail yeah i my issue is with with that whole kind of blackout nonsense is that we've got really 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 good local media and they went a bit too hard in the club's opinion on one particular element but it wasn't as hard as a big section of the fan base would have wanted them to go on it um, and can we not be grown ups and, and move on from the fact that this needs to be a kind of symbiotic relationship and, and both parties, if, if ever we could see that both parties need each other to, to get what they need out of life, this, this season has been it. Now, again, I don't think, I don't think that we, there is going to be an announcement coming. I don't think it will happen if we lose on Saturday. I don't think it will happen even during World Cup because currently we are two games off winning the league. We're two games off top and you don't sack your manager when you're two games off top. Because effectively, what what the other managers who come in then go? Oh, hang on. So what? I've got to I've got to be I've got to be within a really good mathematical chance of promotion. Um, win more games than I lose during a season, but I also have to fit fit the ghost of Farker, or I need to try. And it, I don't think that that's not what we're asking for. But Lorne made a really good point. Um, Lorne ex of this parish. Uh, it's about time he did. Um, last night saying, you know it's time I'm ready to ready to love again. I'm ready, ready for, for a new project. And the, I was thinking similar along the lines of um, people say, well, because of the accounts, we can't afford to sack Smith and get anyone of a decent caliber that would need to pay compensation to, because obviously we have to pay off Smith's contract. And again, it, you know, we haven't said it ex- explicitly. We're 17 minutes into asking for someone's job to be, to be terminated. He seems like a very nice guy and I wish nothing but, but success to him in his future career is his football stinks. I mean, it's nothing against him as the person. He seems lovely. He seems like a really nice guy. I'd love to play around a golf with him, but oh my goodness me, your football is awful. Um, and it might not be with other teams and it might not have been with other teams before when you had Grealish and when you had other things and you had Emmy and didn't play him properly. You know, that's, that's, I'm just talking about my beloved team that I don't think you care much more than, you know, I don't think you care much more about it than if you were, um, well, I, I, I don't even want to offend another um, profession with you know because there's probably there's probably people who love every profession. But my, my what the analogy I'm trying to draw is, I think he cares about as much about Norwich as he does about the black socks that I wore today. They haven't got a pattern on them; they're just blacks. So I needed to put something on my feet in between my feet and my shoes, so I just put some black socks on. I, I honestly think that we are just that much of a kind of stepping stone that he wanted to job in football a job in football became available the training facilities are quite nice the money was probably decent um when you know we had a half decent chance of staying up if we had a miracle or five um and we probably would be all right in the championship because the contract length meant that we were going to keep most of the squad so it's a cushy gig and he's fine and he's either going to be paid out or he's going to stay stay his tenure I, i can't see us i can't see us getting rid of him but i want us to get rid of him and I don't mind if we have to go left field again. And it's not about Farker, who, let's have it right, I, I, I took a long time to warm to. Um, you know, and I, I don't have this kind of messianic... I, and I thought he should have walked away, as I keep reminding everyone, before that most recent Premier League season. He should have quit after the second championship. Then he should have gone and taken a German job or waited for a German job, which was obviously his career trajectory. And I'm delighted he's doing well there because he's a, he is a lovely guy. Um and he should have walked away and and he and he, and he could have a statue because he would have been perfect blah blah anyway i'm ready to start again and i think the narrative is and the emotions around it are such that if we were to get in a guy from the danish third division or they've just won the norwegian cup or uh they are they've done really well at a league 1 team or whatever it might be then all of a sudden the expectation notches goes down a little bit and we go do you know what lads this is actually gonna have to be a bit of a rebuilding year we think we can make the playoffs but I've got a system that we need to get back into um and it might be next year that we target him but hey we'll see what we can do for the rest of this season but I need time to get my um my style of football in but my goodness me it's going to be good and like that heavy metal football kind of announcement stuff that that Jurgen Klopp did there's another person I don't like very much but I I think Norwich fans are ready to buy into another project. I almost feel like 
because we are never going to be one of the big six, we're never going to win the Premier League. I don't want us to do it sports washing. It'd be great if Antonio has some lovely ethical money that, that gets us to compete in the Premier League. But um, I, I think Norwich fans, we need we need a story. We need something to be interesting because for us, it can't just be let's get to the Premier League because yes, that's it's joyful to win games and win a trophy. That's great. But then we know how awful and soul-destroying the Premier League can be. So we almost need to root for a guy or root for a system or root for the fact we're doing it differently. With Smith, it no longer feels like we're... We don't even feel like the underdogs anymore with Smith. Somehow we feel... It almost feels like we're part of the establishment because he's sort of a too big a name and playing too basic a style of football. I mean... Anyway, I've rambled all over the place there. I'm just, I'm just so fed up with it. It just feels so difficult to get behind. It gets so, it feels so difficult to get passionate about. So let's talk. Let's talk about another specific. Let's talk about tactically the formation. This godforsaken, inflexible sticking to formation that that doesn't work for Pookie and it doesn't work for Sergeant. And we've literally got proof of what happens when you have just Pookie or just Sergeant that it works better. It's, it's your job as a man manager to drop one of them and, and just play one or try a 4-4-2. Four, four, Do something different. It's so cool. But he, he kind of did, didn't he? He kind of did in the first, if you if you remember, we go back to the first, I don't know, 35 minutes against Preston at Carrow Road. And what, we should have been 3-4-0 up, you know, kind of quite easily. And that was with Sergeant and Pookie both playing through the middle. And it was whether you want to call it a diamond or a... Four one three two or a four three one two or you know kind of whatever iteration of the numbers that you wanted to throw out there. We had two strikers up front, and it looked like that was going to get the best out of the both of them. And Dean Smith has been quite candid that he wanted to impose Norwich, you know, or he wanted Norwich to impose themselves on other teams in this league. And so, you know, when we went two forwards up front, I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind that because you've got two strikers in a relatively decent run of form let's go and do that and and then we've just kind of bottled it since then you know we th- we threw the game away against Preston but that wasn't because of our attacking prowess that that was you know kind of because of fragility at the back and and Tim Krull making a couple of errors and, and the rest all the rest of it so I don't really see why you know I mean you've talked about a, a tactical rigidity I think it's I think actually he's all over the shop with it. I think he's played four two three one. He's played four three three. You know, he's played Sergeant out wide. He's played him through the middle. He can't get the best out of Pookie and Sergeant together. He found that for 20, oh, 25 minutes. That Preston, 35 minutes, we talk about us not putting a performance together for, um, you know, a half. That was as close as we got to it. That was as close no, to us really going, hard. yeah, do you know what? We look really fluid. And, yeah. you know, if if that's what we were doing most weeks, fine, the first half against Sheffield United, although we didn't create a load of chances, there was something there. It felt like that was a lot, lot better. Um, but it was Pookie creating things by himself, which is a concern. I, I just, it almost feels like, and, and look, we have to mention the mitigation of the injuries because um, that is an issue. Uh, but I just, even though, even then, it still feels like Smith and, and Shakespeare are, are just, throwing mud up against the wall and, and seeing what sticks at the moment and well, I, that's that's the bit about coming back to what's the plan and what what are we looking to achieve and how are we looking to achieve it and has that been communicated to us and it hasn't uh, you know we so we don't know what a Norwich team should look like and you say you know you you absolutely hit the nail on the head when you said look look we're we're ponderous and we're slowing the build up and Dean Smith has has said, no, we're, we're going to be quick front to back and, and, you know, we're going to be dynamic and effective and we're going to press and we're not doing the things that he says that we should be doing. And it's his team. This is his team. 11 months in with personnel that he is quite happy with. Otherwise, he did try to ship them out over the summer. This is definitely his team. And yeah, Onil Hernandez yeah. is now almost some kind of fixer to bring off the bench. He probably wasn't good enough for us in the in the last championship campaign where we won the league. You know, he he was a real bit part player. So I don't know. I think you you say about this being the best squad that we've had at this level. I feel like it's maybe well now. I feel like it definitely has regressed from eighteen nineteen and and twenty twenty one. The main reason behind that is no Emmy Buendia, of course. So we haven't got that chief creator. But 
it's still a failure from from you know the club's perspective and the recruitment side that that we're not stronger than we have been and we've thrown a lot of um good money at bad players we have we have done that but i think the um i think that we do have a better squad in terms of how many injuries we've had this season 2021 and uh 1920 or whichever you know those the two championship promote pro, most recent promotion winning seasons um we wouldn't have been able to weather the storm as well as we have this time and when i say as well as we have i i mean the players that are coming in and the players that are filling in i've seen have good performances there helping us out and i, I fundamentally believe that apart from yes we don't have that talismanic emmy buendia figure who was you know best player in the division that that year um almost everywhere else on the pitch we're stronger. The fact that Cruel can have a wobble and we can bring Gunn in and Gunn can play well. The fact that we've got, um, you know, some good depth with when it comes to kind of attacking midfield. We've got ge- genuine options. Dowell would get in most championship starting 11s. Campwell would, Sargent would, Pookie definitely would. Um, and this was the point I was making to... Uh, but but I, I guess you judge them by output and we're not seeing the output at the moment, are we? Whose fault's that? I've seen the output... I've that, seen that's the difficulty, isn't it? Whose fault's that? And it, it comes back to the manager. So it, yeah, this is it. Because the point is, it always comes down to the manager because it's his it's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if Max is regressing because and he's he's getting frustrated with his performances, whose job is is it to fix that? We were told that we've got, you know, brilliant, brilliant. We were almost more excited about. We were told to almost be more excited about Shakespeare than we were about Deeney. We were told to be almost more excited again because then we then we then got this handsome England set piece man. I mean, what an absolute embarrassment that is! Again, I'm sure he's a lovely chap, um, and he's very handsome. But my goodness me, <laughs> we are terrible at set pieces this season. Really bad. I mean, you might as well just not have bothered. What a waste. Of, talk about wasting money on signings. What is the point? Other than to make the bench slightly more handsome, what is the point of him? You know, I, I, is, if he's on performance-related pay in any way, then maybe we need to have a whip round for him because we are not conceding fewer goals from set pieces and we are not scoring more. So what's the point it's of it? It's such a weird you know, one. I mean, I haven't looked at the the, the conceding and, and, you know, have we scored more? But, you know, the eye test is, are we doing any, anything creative off set pieces? Which is what he did with the England team. You know, there, there was all, you know, kind of... It, there was a uniqueness about what the England team were doing a lot of the time around set pieces. There's none of that. It's almost like, well, it's completely reliant on the delivery into the box from an attacking perspective. And if it's quite good that we might get someone on the end of it, usually that would be Grant Hanley or Kenny. Neither of those can usually head the ball that straight, unfortunately, bless them. So nothing really comes of it. Uh, and that is very strange to me that we haven't tried to be more creative when we have got someone in full time to look at this particular aspect of, of play, which is something we, you know we were always told about marginal gains and, and you know the fact that we're always looking for them. So it... it it encouraged me that we we got a set piece coach in. Oh, me too. Especially because we've been so bad set pieces. We've been bad at set pieces for years. The um, the it was just as you go through the whole situation from, um, you know, the, the, not replacing Ben K, um, off the pitch. Weber's fallout with the media. Um, the, you know, there's some fantastic people at the club. So he's you know really really top uh, exec. Mm-hmm. Um, great person, good values, really good person. Um, yeah, Dealer and, Michael, and wonderful. The heart of the club is still in the right place. Um, uh, yeah, so, you're, so you're it's right. impressive. Incredibly uh, you know, diligent. Sam as Jeffrey, well. Sam Jeffrey, absolutely fantastic gent. You know, really, really works so hard to drain every possible penny out of the local economy's businesses to try and pump you know more funds into the football club, and he is terrific at that job. You know, we are really lucky to have him. Um, you know, there are some fantastic people at that club, but in in the really key off the field stuff that affects the on the field stuff, to to put it, you know, not as any more eloquently than that, it just feels like there's a great big kind of shadow where, where we had this kind of figurehead um, sporting director who, when things were choppy, would would either come up to deflect things off the manager or say something reassuring about the long term plan. Um, and and in in times of like this, where 
again, last night I was able to predict, I think I did it about, I tweeted about seven or eight minutes. Um, well, no, so I, I tweeted with about three or four minutes to go in the game that uh, that chance that Pookie created with a beautiful touch over over his shoulder and turned and, and had a shot with about, in, I think it was either in injury time or just before 90 minutes. And I tweeted straight away, um, that will be the high XG chance that Smith mentions in his interview as the reason that we didn't get something from the game. So effectively, by that logic, as long as Pookie takes every decent chance he has all season, then we, you know, we, we should draw most games. Because he was the same against Sheffield United, you know, basically saying, you know, we were only this way. And, and yeah, Sheffield United was a more encouraging performance generally. Brilliant. Okay, but you, we still didn't really play great football for any real passages of play during that game. Certainly nothing like when we were at Preston or, or early in the season when Nunes was firing. And then what happens is he comes out with the with the, with the local media and says, yeah, well, obviously Pookie had a chance to score and we would have come away with a point. That cannot be your tactic to just hope that the greatest striker that Norwich has ever had bails you out. And he is the greatest we've ever had, so he probably will bail us out every now and again. But that is not a plan. That is not a... Fingers crossed is not a strategy. It never has been. It never will be. And I, wanted, I really want to... I want to. I want us to get to the bottom, and I, I want someone to ask Smith, and for him to be forced to answer questions along the lines of, "What has happened to Max? What has happened to Nunes? Nunes, Nunes looked like um, technically not quite at Emmy's level, but certainly edge of seat Emmy's level, and capable of changing a game. First half yesterday, completely anonymous. Not much better in the second half. In the last few games, he's just not really been about. He, I, it's um, it's really strange. Obviously, we had Adam Brandon on, who's a Chilean football expert. When when we signed him, and you know, he was over the moon that that you know his best play, you know, one of his best players to watch is coming to to Norwich, um, let alone coming to England, coming to Norwich. And to start with, he he lived up to the hype. And so again, it's not a case of oh, what a waste of money. Well, he's not a waste of money because I've seen him do it in the Championship against some fairly decent opposition at times. So he is good enough. Your job is to is to is to, is to play into it. Similarly, a fizzed ball on the floor into Pookie gives him the opportunity to take a clever touch by a yard and and then get a shot off. Um, so it, it does not take um, Pep Guardiola or Vincent Company um, to watch a replay of that and go, hmm, Pookie's ever so good and has been for the last few years when he gets balls drilled into his feet or cut back to him to his feet and then has the opportunity to do that open his shoulder up, stick his tongue out and one touch past the keeper thing that he does so well. Why don't we try and do that more often? Why don't we create patterns of play that is going to get a ball to the place where the next logical ball is to get it into him? Likewise, Nunes is our most creative technical player. I'm having him in the squad. Uh, I'm having him on the eleven. He's having to do slightly more of an eight role than maybe we would like, we would ideally like him to because of injuries or whatever. Hayden, you know, Hayden needs a bit more help. Although Hayden does look positive, we'll come to him in a minute. Um, why are we not? Why are we not working on the training pitch? Or well, I guess must they must be working on the training pitch? Why is whatever they are doing up Colney Neil having no effect on us being able to get the ball to Nunes in an advanced position last night? I know Burnley are top of the league, but then we were five minutes ago. So I don't think we're out of order comparing the two. Why is it that after a year with our team uh, versus, you know, three months, four, four and a half months of Vincent companies had, why is it that he really early in his managerial career compared to Dean Smith, why is it that he has got um, players playing with that kind of intensity, that speed, that clear system, that clear pattern, confident to like volley the ball back to the goalkeeper, confident to stride out from defence and go ghost past three of our of our players and beat the press that way. How has he instilled that so quickly? Whereas we've got players, we, we don't seem to be able to get Nunes on the ball in the final third more than twice a half. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's the most basic thing in football. If you've got a really big lad, like, set up a diag set up a quick switch which is going to enable you to be able to um get uh, have a, an, an extra second to put real quality into the back stick because we've got a big lad up front you know these are just simple coaching things you don't need a badge to understand this is you know you, you put strength on weakness people tar- people target max with their tall guys all the time they know a diag across to the back stick um where our right back is is going to be um often uh, where chances and goals will come from because 
Max is not very tall and people go over the top of him a lot, nod it down and, and people score from that chance time and time again. It's it's so basic and obvious that obviously they know that it's a case, but where is the where is the progress that we've made under Smith this season? You know, it, it, we've gone backwards. We've gone backwards since he took us over with the players he's had. The players he's brought in have looked positive into, uh, and then gone backwards as well. Ramsey's flashed and, I don't know, for me, you know, again, sure he's a lovely lad, but he's, I don't think he's championship level. Um, I think he. I think he's destined to be a, a solid League One player. Um, but, you know, I, I can't, I can't see the logic of keeping Smith beyond the fact that, well, we are, you know, we're seven points off top or whatever it is, five, you know, seven points, so three, yeah, three games out. Um, so, you know, we're seven points off top. We're, we're one, one result away from being in the playoffs again. You can't sack a manager maybe when, 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 when that's the, that's the, that's the case. But the problem is if you wait until we're four results off the playoffs, three results off the playoffs, then all of a sudden it's then a way bigger job to try and instill a new style of play. So then you can't instill a new style of play because everything has to be about the results because we haven't got much time left because you sacked Smith too late. Um, and then we end up with someone who we think is a quick fix again, which is why, again, I'm, I'm, going back to what Lorne said, I'm ready to fall in love with a, with, a, with a project again. If that means that there's going to be huge team turnover, um, if it doesn't work, you know, we have one big lump this one big lump at it this this season, and if it doesn't work, loads of people have to go because of the state of the accounts. So be it. But I want that to be under someone who has got a plan for what we're going to look like in five years' time, and so I'm ready to buy into that. I'm not ready to buy into. Let's see if we can get out of the division and do just enough on XG to to to, to scrape through, because that's not worth my season ticket. And I think this is the bit that. So there's a really good question that's come in and it, it is tongue in cheek, but it's from Andrew Kent on Twitter. And he says, what's the point anymore? Mm. And, and I, you know, look, that seems like he's he had the just, news on. <laughs> he's, yeah. He, well, yeah, he's ta- it seems like he's taking the piss a little bit, but actually that gets to the, you know, the absolute heart of the issue for me is that I look contextually Fans of other clubs can go, oh, look, you know, this is completely entitled Norwich fans and, and you know, you, you're just too used to bobbing up and down and, and having a successful team in the championship. And, and you know, this is um, just, you know, another little bump in the road and, and you'll be fine. But it's just so much more than that it, because we haven't got the thing to to buy into, as you say. And the reason why I feel, you know, kind of so disconnected from it, I guess, is that we've... We felt what good looks like. We felt what good fan engagement looks like. We felt about what good comms looks like. We've we've been able to be on the on the receiving end of of just the most wonderful, you know, kind of two or three years. And I don't put that completely down to Daniel Farker and, and the football that he played. I put that down to the way in which the club operated and the way in which the club did everything in the right way. And I might have said it on the last pod, but the club were definitely at pains to say that the culture will be tested when things go badly. And it's really easy just to just, just say that our culture is brilliant when, when things are going well, the culture is being tested now and the, and the club is hiding and that's what it feels like. And and they don't think they're hiding. I think that's the problem here is the noises that I hear is that they think that actually maybe the engagement went too far the other way. And maybe, you know, we are all just entitled supporters and it will be fine when we win a few games. It won't because we were saying this when we were winning games. It, it just, the disconnect is massive and, and the culture, well, the culture of apathy will, is pervasive. And, and I really, I worry that fans will, will turn away in their droves this summer. Yeah. Well, there's empty seats in terms already. Of, you know, yeah. And we've, we've said, and, it, and I've already seen it, seen it on WhatsApp this afternoon. Um, you know the, the 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 shouts have already started. Bought tickets available for Stoke. Yeah, not going to make it for yeah. the Stoke game. And that wasn't you wouldn't you would you would basically you would take the argument with the, with your better half about the fact that no nah, home game mate I can't I, I, I can't I'm, I can't I can't do that run to the children's party I can't I can't help you mow your lawn I can't help I can't go and help my uncle sort you know lift his heavy TV you know all these things that are basically reasons that people give now because they think do you know what for a quiet life I'll just miss a football because I know what's going to happen we're yeah. going to we're, we're going to play for about seven and a half minutes and if Pookie does more good things than we make mistakes then we'll win uh, God, I mean and it's uh, I, I said this on the previous pod with, with Connor I really really like this team 
I really love, I mean, I love Timu. I mean, one of my favourite players of all time. Um, I mean, why wouldn't he be? But it's, you know, it's not, not exactly a controversial opinion. I'm not doing that for clickbait. Um, but I love Timu. I love Todd Cantwell. I've never, I've never been on Todd Cantwell's back. I've always defended Todd Cantwell because he's a local lad and I think he's got an amazing ceiling. And I, I've always thought he could be, I, I wanted someone to sit down with him and say, I'd like you to be captain of this football club and let's get on, get you on a path to, to become that. Um, you know, Nunes is a wonderful player to, to buy into. Such a lovely big smile on his face. Um, O'Neill, what a likeable guy. Sergeant, what a likeable guy. Um, Hayden, in these early days, seems like a gentleman of a, of a footballer and, and um, you know, seems like he's got a, a high ceiling. Omar Bamadeli, brilliant local, uh, not local, brilliant um, academy player that, that we've brought through. Um, Tomkinson, what a great story. Hanley, legend, hilarious bloke. Uh, cruel loves the fans gun with, with with his dad this is a really really great squad that we want to get behind it is not the players that is not that is not the issue at all i don't want a big wholesale change of players it is not that we're not good enough it's not that we've not got the ability in the squad that that is not a problem because we have basically we're seventh in the league and we haven't got out of second gear more than two halves this season that's how good our squad is we're basically playing basic football, taking chances when other people make mistakes. And that is good enough to be seventh after, what, a quarter of the season? Maybe a bit more? Approaching a third of the season? I'm not really good at maths. So <laughs> if, if there, is no, there, there cannot be any boo boys when it comes to the squad. And, and I, I, what is really refreshing not, not, is that there is very little vitriol towards the players you know, there are, you know, there's a few people who, you know, like to get on Kenny's back and I, I'm not the biggest fan of Ramsey and, and all the rest of it. But generally, everyone seems to be of the same opinion, which is it's not the players, mate. It's it's the way that the players yeah. are being applying themselves in this system or systems or, you know, if, if you want to credit him with having more than one formation. To be honest, mate, I think you were being very kind and saying he's had different formations. He's had the same kind of formation with the, the tiniest of, of tweaks as to where those little counters go. Yeah, on I, the I think he's varied it up, but I think you you touch on on the, the real salient point here. I've never, ever seen well one the fan base so united actually no i have seen the fan base so united in in thinking that managers should go but not recently the, you're talking about Roder worthington, or worthington or you know that yeah, yeah or, or who you know whoever it might be but actually recently you know last days of of managers there's always you know kind of um people that would come out in support of them you know the usual suspects but people that will come out in support of of the manager and find something there I can only see one or two people really saying that Smith needs needs or deserves any more time. And I think and it's vested bit, interest, mate. I I haven't, uh, you know. Yeah, really and I think old, it is vested interest. But the equally, old history thing. You know, look at the sources and look where the sources are coming from. That, that there are there are a couple of people on social media who to whom they've got a little bit of access to Smith for one reason or another, yeah. and that they're, they're giving it the. Um, uh, oh, oh, it's not him. That, it's Weber. Is, is that, or, is that or, Dean yeah. Smith's fault as well? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah and uh, there isn't anyone left, I don't think, with West Indies. And and basically, that, like you say, it is. It's uh, it's united with one voice, and it's. I don't. We we always are reticent to call for for managers to be sacked. We were with Farker, um, you know, because obviously he had also had achieved great things. Um, and I, th- I think, to be honest, in the Hewton and if we'd have been doing this podcast in the Hewton and Rhoda and, and what have you days, we, we would have been, again, we would probably, just because of the sort of people we are, try and leave it as late as possible to like call out all of the negative situations, mm-hmm. but say, look, this is still someone's job at the end of the day. The the issue is it's not just the stuff on the pitch. Like it is it is making it worse to go to Carroll Road, and something needs to change. And the the, the biggest, quickest, easiest shot in the arm um, is is a change of, of coaching staff. Now here's a provocation for you, John. Would you accept uh, because of the money situation? If they said, "Oh, well, we can't do it," would you accept an internal promotion to the end of the season? Um, who the fuck are you promoting internally, Craig Shakespeare? Neil Adams. So hang on, what to be the head coach or to be the sporting director? To to be the head coach. Well, no, they're to, clearly to the end not. of the season. I think I think the question is, I would take we, that over Dean afford... Smith and Shakespeare to the end of the season. Oh wow! 
I mean, it, it does feel because very again, end because of I, Neil's, uh, Neil's days, though, doesn't it? It feels like we've got the squad and we just need someone to motivate them. And uh, But that comes that comes down to, can we afford not to? And, and we're going to get to that place quite quickly. You know, or can we afford to second? Well, ultimately, we've, we've seen what the accounts say. If we don't get promoted this season, maybe next, financially, we're absolutely screwed without wholesale, well, without an absolute fire sale of our best talent and everyone knows it because it's laid bare in the accounts um i would like to come on to matthew mcgregor's question that he sent us on twitter which was or which is who should norwich's new manager be and when should he or she start now i think we've got the he or she should start as soon as is human humanly possible but tom i guess you know boss emma emma someone She's um, on sabbatical. She's just had a major operation, so shit. Oh, um, actually, yeah, she, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm so, out of the yeah. loop. Saw her speak so, um, and I was like, she's brilliant. Yeah, would be fa- fantastic. But, you know, is is absolutely not um, in any kind of place. And actually, <laughs> I don't even know if she'd take the Norwich job. Um, given that, too low down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she got offered a job at League One level and, and turned it down um, from what I'd heard. But who else is out there? Well, I don't there? think we'll be I mean, League we, One. I don't, I, don't, I don't think even under Smith will get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is she's turned down one at that level um, and, and made the point like almost like, well, I'm managing at Champions League level in the women's game. So, you know, yeah, why yeah, would no, I, I get it? League, League One. Yeah, and no, I, I, and I'm, I kind of get her logic, but also don't at the same time, because, you know, because reasons. But, you know, let, let, that's for a whole other podcast, mate. Um, mm. You know, she's a phenomenal coach and will go on to do brilliant things in, in whatever way she chooses to do. Um, so what about well, uh, who G- G- and when? G- so Gerardo Cioane. Tell me about that particular person you've just mentioned, Thomas. Um, so this is someone who I've got it on very good authority. He's a Swiss coach. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, as as you may have got out. He's also... He's, Say again. He's also known Say again. So he's Jerry Sioan, Sioan, Sioan. So it's pronounced S E O A N E. Gerardo Sioani. Yeah. So he is a he is a Swiss Swiss coach, and he has been at Luzerne, and then he also did a stint. He's done a stint with the Switzerland under twenty ones. Um when he was when he was uh playing by the way um mm-hmm. but he's been at Bayer Leverkusen and uh before that young boys and what he was um he led by Bayer Leverkusen to finish third in the Bundesliga which is their best finish in seven seasons uh and then he he's just been sacked because of a a, a poor start to the season um so Colo who is has contributed to lots of long come Norwich stuff has decided that that is the correct um, appointment, and I can't think of a better. Uh, per- I mean, I can't say his name, and so hopefully the first press conference would be, you know, maybe Michael Bailey could give it to us phonetically. Although we say Max Aaron's and Max Aaron's wrong all the time, so maybe Jerry would yeah, f- yeah. F- f- forgive us. But yeah, I want to be Jerry in the pacemakers. I want, I want him. Um, so Gerardo Sioan, that's that's who I want to get in, nice. and he'd love it. He'd come straight well, away. I'd- I'm sure. I know. And I mean, if he gets a house in Dis, if he gets a house in Dis, and he's Swiss, we got <laughs> we got all, a song straight away. Haven't we? Yeah, it's all sorted. Um, what about Knutson? Because I mean, he's still at Bodo Glimt. He still has them playing. All right, they um, compensation mold. might be too expensive. It's, it's got to be someone. Out, it's got to be someone out of. I, I don't think they'll do it unless it's unless they're out of post. I I just I, again, it comes down to can we afford not to, uh, and I think. That that's the worry for me is that you know you know ultimately we wouldn't you know the the kinds of sums that you're talking about to pay off managers and to to then maybe get someone out of their contract elsewhere are the kind of sum well they're not they're not even the kind of sums that we've dropped on players this summer and I just think that the head coach manager whatever you want to call them it's just such a key position that we need to get right this time. And it's almost like, and we said it maybe with Dean Smith, but it's almost like Stuart Webber's legacy. And I really feel like he wants to leave a, a legacy at Norwich. Okay. It, so it depends uh, on go, the next appointment. 
let's go through these and you give me a, a, a yes, no. So uh, Javi Gracia, the guy who um, managed to keep Watford in the Premier League the first time and he got them to yeah. their first FA Cup final in 35 years. Uh, are these all managers out of work that you're just going to chuck who at are, me? Who are available? Yeah, but no, they're going to be realistic ones. I think this is a realistic option. No. Okay. Uh, Sean Dyche. Um, no. Good. Um, can't pronounce his name. Um, uh, Bielsa. <laughs> um, if we could afford his salary, I would take him in a heartbeat. Okay. So I think that- he would immediately galvanise this squad and we'd be fine. But he would also probably want about five million a year, so no chance. Okay. Well, I I think of the of the. Are you having Bielsa? Name... Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. All, all three of those that I just mentioned, uh, not including Dyche, um, I think are realistic options that they would consider uh, having the conversation. Corder uh, Corder, what's his name? He's just gone West Brom, but that. Um, I liked the way he tried to play. He didn't he's a classic he was almost a Farker style where he didn't have the good enough players to play the way he wanted to play. Um but um you know he overachieved. Let's ask this in a different way because we have had a question alongside along a similar vein which was from Ollie Rowe. I'm just Norwich. going to try and find it. Um he said how many other teams in the championship would you prefer the head coach of here instead of Smith? So if uh, Vince, I read you well, out yeah, let's go through. Let, let me read you out the ones. This is, I think, this is filtered by, or this is length of service. Um, so it's longest serving first, um, which is Mark Robbins at Coventry. What do you reckon? Yes, yes, please. Gary Rowett at Millwall. N- uh, no, I will drive him away from the training ground myself. <laughs> Nathan Jones, Luton. Really? I'll take him. Nigel Pearson. You, you, you love Luton. No, Luton are organised. Whatever. The, 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 think, the Tesco, the Tesco uh, trolley boys are, are organised. That doesn't mean I want to watch their football. Okay, uh, Nigel Pearson. Did we get answer? Yeah, God, no. I knew your answer. Um, Liam Richardson, Wigan. Mm, no. Russell Martin at Swansea. Silly question. Top of my list. Well, is that genuinely like he would be? Hundred percent. It's time. He won't, is it? He'd be bonk, I mean, he'd be bonk. He'd be bonkers to come because he's onto something really, really good with the Swans. He's got them playing you, fantastic. Football. I mean, I know you won't have any sense of this, and even if you did, you couldn't say it on this podcast. But do you think he would come if offered? Uh, I'm not sure he would come right now. No, I, okay. I, I think it, it, he he has said publicly it is his ambition to manage Norwich City Football Club. He hasn't said yeah. that since he got. Uh, his previous job to this one because why I mean, would you say that because you're yeah. mad yeah. exactly however uh, I fully I fully think that he feels there is not unfinished business he didn't start it but I do feel he thinks that he knows how this club works and he has seen it through good times and bad and um, I, I do think that he would love that on his CV however I think he's got a really good chance of being a Premier League manager with Swansea next year I am um... I also just think if he comes here, or if and when he comes here, I don't think he'd be afforded the same amount of patience as perhaps other managers would. I think just the fact that he, I don't know, he was the scapegoat, wasn't he? You know, he was. He did get... There are some idiots in the fan base who who don't realise what what we had there. I mean, with regards to the um, to 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 looking at the Norwich job, I think it's got to be someone who doesn't have. We want someone on the up, but it's got to be someone on the up who is either out of work already um, because they maybe went slightly too high with their, their most recent appointment. Because the point is you, you, you've got to look at that squad and look at the accounts and think, do you know what? I've got a short window with this squad of players to, to I mean, almost anyone they employ who is who has got any management experience is going to have is is going to have a top half team. They're just too good not to be. Should um, we should so, we go through the rest of the championship managers and you can give me a quick yes or no here, sir? Go so we've got Paul Heckingbottom, ex no. Norwich, Ryan Lowe, Preston, uh, no, Paul Ince, don't be stupid. Yeah, correct answer. Michael Beale, uh, who does he manage? QPR. 
No. Turned down Premier League jobs recently as well. Can't so, have that. Um, yeah. Doesn't yeah, mean I want to. I think I'd take him. Uh, Michael Appleton. No, Jean Dahl Thomason. Yes. Vincent Company. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's John ridiculous. Eust- Why would he come? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just all hypotheticals. Um, John Eustace. Uh, Alex Neal. Uh, it would be hilarious. Right now, so part, part 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 of me would part of me would would love it. Love you'd love to see it, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just not. It's not going to happen, is it? So no, no. I, I mean, I, but I would take him. Um, Tony Mowbray. No, God no. Slavin Slavin Bilic. Yes, he wouldn't come. I don't think we could afford him. But yes, yeah. Um, lots of ex Norwich here. Mark Fotheringham. Yes, but not now. <laughs> Andy Dawson. No, no. I mean, it's just just go back. Mark Fotheringham, yes, with a big smile on my face. Of course not, Mark Fotheringham. Yeah, bless okay. him, but right. no. Yeah, well, to be fair, I can't see your face at the moment because I am reading out lists of managers and I've only fair. got one monitor um, where mm-hmm. I am. Um, where are we? We said, oh no, Matt Taylor. No. Richard Beale at West no. Brom. Michael Carrick at Middlesbrough. Well, Richard Beale isn't West Brom manager anymore, is he? Is it? Oh, well, this is Michael Carrick's only yeah. been there a week. <laughs> just, just hypothetically, who yeah. you would take no, from the other no, championship I would, teams? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be Michael Carrick's Norwich City. And, and to be honest, I, I wouldn't want to be Vincent Company's Norwich City in, in that same way. Although, you know, having now seen the way he's got them playing, as I said in the intro, I'm jealous of Burnley. I, mm-hmm. I, that shouldn't be a sentence that's coming out of your I mouth, I just mate. wouldn't have... I mean, I'm, I mean, I've been there. I'm not jealous of the place. My goodness me. Um, but <laughs> I went I'm, to Stoke for the first time today. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Is, was any part of that a surprise? Uh, no. They just, boo. They you know, sick. They, they boo injured players. It's, they, they are a funny bunch. Uh, I didn't, didn't go to the football club. I went to the Emma Bridgewater factory outlet. But, you know, oh, anyway. it, my, my other half it, wants It's to an absolute shithole. Oh, she well, she wants to go. So it's a shame she's got no interest in listening to me. Well, the Bridgewater Factory outlet. She wants to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. It's got a nice cafe. Okay, oh, decent. I'm in. So, um, what well, one good thing about Stoke is they're guaranteed at least one goal because Dwight Gale hasn't scored in 15 Championship yeah, games. Exactly. Along come Norwich. Yeah. So to wrap up, because this quick half an hour emergency pod's gone on a bit, um, <laughs> I feel really deflated um uh last night uh was not the last straw because i felt the same way with smith since the start of the season but last night was just such a a clear one team's going places one team is nice to watch one team has a style and a system and you feel that actually they could swap out four players do you remember when we had that Bournemouth Cup game and we swapped something like seven players and it still looked like Farker's football and yes I know we're going on about Farker again but it's not about him it's just like company that's a really good example of a system whereby because it's so ingrained in how everyone is playing if you swap three players it still looks like you all know where you need to stand and where what you need to do and I, I I just feel really deflated about um, my club feeling so rudderless on and off the pitch, and I just think the only the, there's there's two ways it changes. One is a style and a swagger and a system is evolved out of the mess we've got now, and it actually starts looking like a football team that you want to watch. Brilliant! If Smith can do that. I'm all aboard the Smith bus. Brilliant. Three games in a row or two out of the next four or three out of the next five games, we spend the majority of the game looking like we know how we're trying to get from A to B and we do the same thing more than once. So therefore it's a pattern, not a fluke. And we play exciting football in some way. I would completely rescind my Smith out status and say, yeah, well done, mate. You finally cracked it. So that's 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 one opportunity. The other opportunity is to change the manager and 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 start a new chapter. You've got two or three, you know, so basically you have two or three games of Shakespeare maybe doing it or Neil doing it or someone doing it for two or three games up to the World Cup. And then they've got the World Cup training where you've got everyone but Josh-ish. Is, am I right in saying that? Yeah, pretty much. Ireland aren't there, are they? So yeah. um, everyone but Josh until, and Scotland aren't there. So everyone but Josh until um, 
you know, we, we come back again at Christmas time. It's a great time to, you know, what a blessing for teams like us who are underachieving to, to, to really get going and, and, and get a massive new manager bounce. They're the only two options because limping on as we are, winning every now and again, which I'm, I'm sure we would. If we kept Smith to the end of the season, we'll finish top 12, probably even top 10, maybe even top eight, because we just got better players than everyone else. It just depends yeah. how much, well, not everyone else, but a lot of other teams. It just comes down to how much the players down tools and get fed up with it. Because I know Connor might say he hears this, he hears that. I'm not having it. Campbell's fed up. You can see it. Nunes is, is not playing with the same smile he was. Um, Hanley's fed up and, 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 and complaining more than he normally would saying things like it doesn't really matter. There's bigger things to, to deal with. Um, crawls out of the team. Pookie is visibly frustrated way more than we've seen him previously because he, he knows he's going to get very, very little service and he has to basically score everything. It, it's uh, the, the, the players event. If they go by the same logic of, oh, eventually enough senior players have told us they're not happy. It could be too late. Um, so, so the answer is not just winning a few games and it will go away. It won't. It, it, there's something fundamentally broken. Smith has chosen to go with this kind of keep the supporters at arm's length thing because that's his way. Fine, mate. But we don't want managers like that. That's not managers like that is not how we operate. We want we're a small city club. We are a we are a provincial place. We are regional. We are. We've got a real sense of identity. We're similar to Bristol in that way. We're similar to the Southwest in that way. We're similar to the Northeast in that way. You know, we it is more than just a football team. And I know every football team thinks that, but there is something about the, the mentality of Norwich fans and where we are stuck out. We are saying nowhere compared to everywhere else in the country. We want our manager to be... Um, to, to take us on a journey and, and really include us and make us feel like we're in we're in on something um, and and we're so lucky that we get a ticket to be on this this bus and it might actually take us three seasons and then we can see it's not quite coming off yet but we can see where we're trying to get to I want that again I don't care if it's an English manager a foreign manager a female manager um, an alien manager I don't care but get I want I want to jump in a car excited on Saturday lunchtime to go to Carroll Road as opposed to, well, I've bought two season tickets, so, you know, I'm going to go. And I think that's the worry, isn't it, that I I don't care as much as I used to. And in fact, if I wasn't going to go to a game, I, I really wouldn't be that bothered at the minute. I am I am going out of duty. I'm going, <laughs> you know, in the, in the next couple of home games on a Saturday, I'm going because I've bought my daughter's tickets and, and they want to go. And that... It should be a real worry for the club that people that have supported him through thick and thin, people who've had season tickets in the Peter Grant days and the Glen Roder days and the Chris Hutton days don't care as much. And this isn't about the brand of football as much for me because, you know, the football was dour then and probably more dour than it is now. It is the fact that we don't feel as connected to this football club as we did. And we we feel like it is regressing to an extent that it leaves us disinterested and and I don't think that you know winning a few games of football is going to fix that for me I think it is going to need someone to come out and say here's the plan we want you back on board you know here's how we think we're going to do it and that doesn't seem but doesn't strike me as if that's going to be forthcoming for years maybe and that that really worries me I think the position. I think the, the the style of football does play into the to, to the the feel of togetherness. Personally, in that you you think yeah, but my team play like that, and that's how my team plays, and I I love the fact that my team plays yeah, like that. So it, I think it helps. I think, I think that, but I think I there's think a bit about solve. being talked at not I get to. That. I totally get that as well. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a valid element element of it. So let's do some guarantees for Saturday. I've, aside from Dwight oh, Gale scoring at least one. <laughs> Um, what is your guaranteed scoreline and your guaranteed Norwich scorer? Um, I'm going to guarantee that we will lose 2-1 and I'm going to guarantee that there will be a goal, a Norwich City goal from a corner, um, purely because we've you know talked it up now. We've, we will talk it into existence that will be scored by Isaac Hayden. Nice. Thought he, I thought he, he has looked really, really positive. So if we can keep getting minutes in his legs, other than a silly booking, yes. I, I, yeah, think, I think he, he looks he looks the business. Um, I think we will win. 
and uh, Smith will uh, do a single clap on the very far touchline and not have any interest <laughs> in involving himself with us. Uh, we'll win and we'll uh, and we'll maybe play for ten minutes and and do that really frustrating thing that we did a few games ago where you think yeah there's a team in there but you've only managed to get them to play for ten minutes and that was enough to beat Stoke and we've won maybe two two one obviously because White Girl has to score. We win two one. The Norwich score is going to be. Uh, I like Hayden. That's a great shout. But the, the Norwich score is going to be um, Campwell because I think his performance nice. in terms of work rate deserves it. So he's going to score at least one of the goals. We're going to win two one, and we're all going to sort of be sat there on Saturday going, "Oh, I'm pleased we won. I enjoyed cheering two goals." Ugh, we're no further forward, and I think that is that is the the overwhelming feeling at the moment. But anyway, if you are still with us, thank you for listening to the Long Come Norwich podcast. He has been punt. I acknowledge he exists. I have been me. And enjoy the game on Saturday, (laughs) I hope.